Welcome. You are listening to the 919 Podcast, the only podcast all about the over 1.5 million people living within and transforming the triangle. I'm your host, John Carter, and this is a bonus episode. Surprise! I know last episode, which was the finale, I said you have to wait till January, but I know a lot of you are traveling, it's rainy outside, and maybe you need a break from family. Um, And much like the rain, here in the Triangle, it was raining in Portland, Oregon, when I recorded this with my friend Paul Burke. So how's that for a transition? Many of you know I was in a small group at NC State, 15 dudes. So it's really more like a large group. But three of us have ended up moving to Portland for either jobs or work. And five of us from the Triangle flew out for the weekend. It was about two weekends ago, right before uh, Christmas. And we all stayed in a one-bedroom apartment, which was very interesting and very fun. And we took a small break. Paul um, Burke is a great friend of mine. He just moved out there. He was working with Cisco. Super smart, very interesting person. And my friends were very patient with us as we recorded. They were playing Super Smash Brothers in the background. So if you ever hear any background noise, it's definitely them. We were playing Super Sunt Death Mode, which is very fun. It sounds intimidating, but if you've ever played the game, you know what I'm talking about. Paul and I talk about downtown Raleigh. He, when he was working for Cisco, he lived in downtown Raleigh. He saw a lot of the transformation that's happened in the past couple years. So I would consider him, if not an expert, very close to it. We talk a lot about him growing up in the Triangle, and he, you know, he's been in the Triangle his whole life, so that was very cool. At the end, we actually revisit with Chris Bollinger and Andrew Keel, who were actually, if you remember, if you're a day oneer, he they were on one of my first episodes at the beginning of 2018, and they moved out to Oregon, so from the Triangle, so it's uh, you know, we have to revisit with them, see what they think of the area now. But before we jump in, know that at some point in January, you will have new episodes coming your way, and there will be. Um, kind of new ways to get involved I'm still working on. But for now, follow the pod on social media. Make it your goal to share this podcast with one person, just one person this week. So that's going to be my new call to action. But all in all, here's your bonus episode. You're welcome. Enjoy the time you have with family. Hopefully you're staying safe in the rain today and this weekend. Have a safe new year. And now let's jump into the conversation with myself and Paul Burke. At his apartment in Portland, Oregon. So we're way outside the 919. Paul, welcome to the 919 podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. And we have a live student audience today who may or may not uh, add laughing when appropriate. Uh, there are eight of us here, three that live in Portland or uh, right outside of it, five that have traveled for the weekend. So there's eight. Small apartment. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. So there's going to be a lot of background noise, but it's uh, it's going to add to it. Um few of us are playing the new hit uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate, and that's how this podcast is sponsored. So <laughs> um, so if you're a day one, you remember Andrew Keel and Chris Bollinger, who moved out to Oregon. We actually recorded an episode at the beginning of the year. We were talking about um, Chris 
being at Oregon State, uh, having been at NC State, now going to graduate school. And then we talked about um, Andrew now being, well, he went to design school at NC State. Now he is in Oregon designing knives. So, Paul, uh, we have a ton we could talk about regarding the triangle, but today uh, we decided to talk primarily about the transformation of downtown Raleigh, which you're an expert on. <laughs> right? Or so they say, yeah, I hope <laughs> yeah. so. As much as one can be, it's, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you grew up in Raleigh, right? Yes, yeah. 23 years until I moved out of Portland. So tell me about growing up in Raleigh, some of the highlights for you. Man, I mean, well, I grew up in North Raleigh, and I just feel like it was a perfect uh, setting to grow up in. Um, the schools, the people, um, I was in the, in the suburbs right around the Falls and Noose area, right off of 540, just very accessible area. Um, I really loved that. But I also wanted to make sure before I left Raleigh, which I didn't necessarily know I'd ever do, uh, that I got experience in all parts of Raleigh. So growing up was fantastic, easy access to um, great food, great grocery stores, and just uh, also a safe community. I think that was really what my parents were looking for um, and a great job market. Uh, so that was... Yeah, that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that was a big uh, thing, a reason for my parents to stay in town, for sure. As you're growing up, you don't have to worry about, oh, will I ever find a job? It's pretty much guaranteed, so... Which, you know, a five-year-old's going to worry about a lot. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, that's, yep. that was my primary worry as a five-year-old. <laughs> um, <laughs> right awesome. after what Lego said I'm getting for Christmas, right, you know. Oh, now I think of it as pretty much all about Lego. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, this podcast is sponsored by Lego. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so uh, group in North Raleigh, you're a smart guy. Uh, you could have gone to a bunch of different universities, not all at once, but you had the choice to go to, uh, you had different options. So why NC State? You know, um, there's a lot that went into that decision. Um, when it came down to it, I'd applied, I'd gotten into, I think, five schools, but I was really deciding between NC State and UNC Chapel Hill. Um, right there in the triangle, wanted to stay close to home, close to my family. And I mean, you cannot beat that those three triangle schools as far as academics. We have the most PhDs per capita in the U.S., I'm pretty sure, in the Triangle area. Yes. And it's because of those three universities. So I knew that no matter which decision I made, it was going to be phenomenal. Um, but it was really a, a matter of choosing majors. Uh, but also, uh, I toured the Chapel Hill campus, and it was great. Uh, but I also didn't feel the warmth and welcoming that I was hoping mm. for when I went there. Uh, and that is has nothing to do with the university, I'm sure. Um, it just didn't didn't vibe with me at the time. And when I went to visit NC State, I felt like I had to earn my spot on Carolina's campus. And I think that works for some people. But for me, I wanted to feel that welcoming presence when I joined campus. And that, I got that vibe a little more from NC State. So, um, And then also I got a little bit of help from the North Carolina uh, Textile Foundation uh, to go to NC State University. So that that also played a factor, I won't lie. Uh, money definitely helps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so what did you major in? It was not textiles. So right, it, was, right? Well, it was, but okay. you see, you know me more as a chemical engineer. So I studied sure. textile engineering and chemical engineering. Um, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So that was part of why I, I went both directions. And I didn't end up doing either with my career, <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough. But, but. Uh, well, I mean, you didn't just do... Av- like academics at NC State. What what other stuff were you involved with? Yeah, so um, well, I gave some campus tours. I liked to play intramural sports. I was in the honors program. We played. Oh, we played intramural sports together. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Basketball or uh, volleyball? Football or volleyball? Man, we. I don't even know. Well, I know we were out on Miller Fields playing. We were wrestling out there. Uh, that was not sh- sanctioned <laughs> by the university. Yeah, definitely didn't have. Was just kidding. Full <laughs> contact, just wrestling. There was no video evidence of that yeah. anywhere. I promise. <laughs> definitely not. Um, uh, I think we, I feel like we played basketball. That might have been just between friends yeah. and in volleyball yes. on the team. Yeah. Either yes. way, we, we lost, <laughs> I think. 
I think our team wasn't that great, but we had totally. but we had a lot of fun. That's the important and part. And that's what intramural sports are all about. And NC State, I feel like, has a phenomenal. I mean, with the Carmichael Gymnasium, that you can't beat that facility, and then right. just throw the intramural sports on top. It's great. Uh, also, you guys can't see this, but um, Paul, how tall are you? I'm six foot six. So some people call me Tall Paul. Tall Paul in the studio. <laughs> um, so I mean, obviously, pretty good at basketball. I'm pretty good at volleyball. Well, uh, pretty good about uh, being tall. That's really what it is. And being tall also comes with a lack of coordination. So I had to significantly overcome those things in order to be manageable at basketball for someone who's 6'6". So gotcha. I wouldn't say I'm like stellar. Gotcha. But, yeah. um, but you left your mark on NC State in other ways. Um, you saying? Yes. Yeah, so okay. I, I know that was probably where you were going, but I kind of wanted to you know, toy with you a little bit. Um, good. But, uh, so for those who aren't familiar um, with NC State University's music department, um, John, this is something you may not even know about me. Uh, you, I'm about to go into a little tangent oh here before I say what you're okay, Get ready, everybody. <laughs> so um, for any NC State fans out there, um, I've got a little family history at the university. Uh, my grandfather is J. Perry Watson, and he was the music director at NC State from about 1960 to 1990. And he's also the author of the Red and White song, um, which is, you know, we're the red and white from state, and we know we are the best. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, studio audience. And uh, he didn't write the line that is ironically most well-known. Uh, the original lyrics say, come over the hill, Carolina. What is the new one? <laughs> I won't repeat that one right, just because right. my grandfather would not appreciate it. Okay. okay. Um, and ironically, you know, it's, I see on game days that hashtag GTHC floating around. And it's funny to me thinking about there is a hashtag that's going viral in the United States all because of a line my grandfather wrote that got misconstrued into something totally different. I don't know. It's just fun to toy with that. Or sometimes. people knew what it said, but it wanted to say something a little different. Exactly. A little bit more passionate and sure. uh, true to the rivalry, which it is. So you had your family uh, involved a lot of music. And what is that? how did that translate to you? Um, and so you're totally right, John. As soon as I got on campus, I wanted to use my the music I, the musical gifts I inherited from my family uh, to leave my mark on NC State. And that was in the form of acapella. Um, which I, I'm sure, have you seen Pitch Perfect, John? <laughs> I have seen Pitch Perfect, so I can imagine it's just like that, all the drama. and. Funny enough, it's pretty similar. Um, <laughs> it, you know, I was in an all-male acapella group. Um, they're called the Grains of Time. They were founded in 1968. They're actually, I believe, and someone can fact check me on this, it might be wrong. They're the second oldest still running acapella group in the United States. Guys, fact check that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. Second only to the Yale Whiff and Poofs. Um, but we just had our 50th anniversary concert like two weeks ago. And since I just moved out to Portland, I didn't get to go. But I hope somebody listening uh, got to see it. And if you didn't, there was a Facebook live stream. Don't know if you can find it. But that was a huge part of my experience at NC State, John. Cool. You're totally right about that. I feel like that's a, um, I, I think we had talked about this earlier this weekend, but that's a very college thing to do. Acapella. Exactly. Yeah, and that's so. why I bring up Pitch Perfect. Because one, um, it's it's really relatable to people and so it was fun to talk to people it's like oh you do acapella it's like yeah pitch perfect so it's a really fun time to be in acapella and especially i think it works really well in college settings um but also because it is accurate uh we competed in something called iccas the international competition for collegiate acapella we did it three of my four years made it to semifinals all three times and uh, that's the competition that the Barden Bells win in the first pitch perfect. And it's a real competition. So some things like riff-offs, those are impossible. Anyone musical knows that you can't improv vocally like they do in the movie. Maybe, That's all Maybe scripted. you can. <laughs> You're right. Maybe I'm, at I'm a, just kidding. <laughs> maybe the Yale Whiff and Poofs can, but, you know, right. we can't. So, uh, But the, the there are elements that are so, so accurate. Was that a laugh? <laughs> <laughs> like a half-hearted. Um, okay, that's awesome. And 
And on top of that, you actually graduated. You did all those fun things, and you were able to graduate with a great degree, and you got a job. Two great degrees, even. Two, two, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two great degrees. So congrats on the Thanks. job. Thank you. And who did you end up working with? You stayed in Raleigh. Yeah. So as I kind of alluded to earlier, I didn't uh, totally follow either of my degree paths. Um, I loved the textile program in NC State. It is phenomenal. Actually, the number one college of textiles in the world. Uh, and, and that's pack. exactly. And, and here out in Oregon, we've got the Nike headquarters. or, uh, I don't even know if it's their headquarters. There's a huge Nike presence out here, a huge Adidas presence out here. And a lot of textile graduates, uh, oddly enough, are people I'm interacting with now that I moved out here. So <laughs> we've got some 919 presence over here in the 503. Nice. Um, and, uh, but I ended up, uh, instead of pursuing the textile passions or chemical engineering passions, didn't want to get my hands quite dirty in the manufacturing <laughs> floor like they do. I, uh, I took a role with Cisco Systems. So what are you doing with Cisco? So I was blessed enough to um, get accepted into a training program with them. For those who are familiar with Cisco uh, and you're an early in career trying to get involved in the sales organization at Cisco, there's this thing called the Cisco Sales Associates Program, and it's phenomenal. Uh, and that's what I chose to pursue. And so I spent a year training in RTP uh, to be a sales engineer and then spent a little bit longer. And then now why I'm in Portland is because I... Uh, I'm doing field sales for Cisco in Portland. Wow. And um, I mean, you actually chose this area too. We I talk did. about that. Yeah. So I think, I think that's neat. And um, not just because two of your friends moved out here, but it's, it's a great area to live in too. So, uh, so you end up living downtown, uh, even though Cisco is an RTP. Um, and that's, that's our main, you know, of course our topic is about you, but our main topic is about uh, the transformation of maybe downtown Raleigh, even since you've been there. So what's it like living in downtown Raleigh? Well, let me just say, so that was my first urban life experience. And uh, as far as living there, I'd, I'd been to downtown Raleigh some as a, as a child and especially while I was at NC State. But I was really looking for, while being in Raleigh, a place where I could walk and have great access to food, culture, music, uh, and, and I feel like you have that. And one thing that I think is phenomenal about Raleigh is it's very walkable. It's, mm. And not even in the sense that it's walker friendly, but you can walk anywhere in downtown Raleigh, which is to me a benefit of the size of the downtown area. Right, so you don't have to get in your car every single time. Exactly. Yeah. So I wanted somewhere I could walk and man, that was absolutely the case. So how have, um, you know, have you seen it transform even mm. since you, and you lived there maybe a year and a half, two exactly. years, right? A year so, and a half, yeah. so like even that time, I feel like, it's changed a lot, but I mean, you, you were familiar, you, you went closer from, um, from North Raleigh, right? Yes. North Raleigh. Yep. From North Raleigh to NC State's on the edge of downtown. So since you've moved to, um, NC State now, uh, and then downtown, how has that changed? Man, I, uh, I thought I knew downtown before I lived there, but that's the great thing again about the size of it is you can really get to know it. Uh, so I didn't realize how many phenomenal restaurants we had. Now, granted, as an NC State student, I couldn't afford to eat at any of these restaurants. <laughs> Not that they're pricey, but, you know, college budgets, we can we can barely handle the Bojangles, Chipotle cookout, that sort of thing. Right. Um, but that was my first impression. Um, now, one thing I did get some exposure to while I was an NC State student was Boxcar, was Boxcar the arcade, the barcade. And right. I absolutely, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. Um and that was somewhere uh, I spent a lot of time even into my professional career as well. Okay, so you, at Boxcar, you're saying that's re a recent addition to downtown. So honestly, I don't know when a lot of things opened up originally, but there are some that, um, for instance, while I lived there, I, I saw Brewery Bavana go up, um, which you know was one of the top of 10 <laughs> new restaurants in the United States. 
according to some magazine that they have proudly displayed on their wall. Uh, of course, we recorded that episode earlier, and did you know I did that? I did not. I missed so that So I had an episode with um, their their founder and main uh, head brewmaster, but I, I feel like it was the um, second or third in like new restaurants in the world yes. at, at, when, when it came out. So it was very popular. But And and part of what I love about it is it's it's not just a restaurant. It's a bookstore, it's a flower shop, or even just an awesome place to go grab incredible craft beer. I mean, that's there's some phenomenal yeah. beer there. I mean, you you talk to the brewmaster, so I can't even <laughs> I can't even begin to, to divulge those uh, details like he can. But I I love uh, Brew Havana and, and just the food scene in downtown in general. Well, it's neat that Raleigh's become a destination even more. I mean, it's always been a bigger city in the southeast but it's become a more of a destination for food or for like culture so people are becoming to know more about raleigh itself so um so lots of good food bars what else have you seen i mean you were you were living with cisco people like some yes. of your coworkers. so i mean you know what else that you saw downtown that they really liked too totally um man there's actually uh we're I'm, my friends are big into nature and architecture and just things seeing uh aesthetically pleasing views um and there's some really cool hidden gems in the raleigh area i think um well right now they're doing some revitalization of more square so i got to kind of enjoy it for a little while and then it was closed for some of the time i was living there and i think they're about to reopen it supposedly at the beginning of next year right i think so they were closed uh i went out to dinner a few mm. uh, weeks ago they were they were closed, or like a week or two ago, they were yeah. closed. So yeah, they're opening soon. Okay. Um, the signs always say, you know, early 2019, right. with, when that was at late 2017 when they made those claims. So yep. who knows where the timeline <laughs> is now. But just hanging out in Moore Square or Nash Square, which those aren't hidden gems, but um, I can't even, I don't, it's called, the, I don't know if it's called the government complex or, or what, but where all of the um, state departmental buildings are, they kind of create this quad. And I don't know if, if, this is a place that most common people would go regularly, but I had some friends covering the North Carolina state government. And so they would frequent that area. And we realized how beautiful that part of town that maybe you wouldn't go into if you're not working for local government. Um, so that was beautiful. I, I, I think that's a really nice area. So just even walking around downtown and uh, seeing all the, uh, the cool nature that is still preserved amidst the urban and Man, I don't know if you've gotten out to uh, the houses right on the outside of downtown, yeah. especially like Krispy Kreme area or mm, Five I've Points. been around there plenty. Yep. <laughs> we would we would uh, we would go walking, and and man, those houses are just beautiful to look at. Awesome, and so you had coworkers from Cisco, some of them are Raleigh natives, but a lot, am I correct? There a lot yes. are not. They're from correct. all over the country. Yep. Or beyond. Yeah. So what did they like about uh, Raleigh, or even the Triangle, or North Carolina in general? You know, what got them excited? Um, I think. Part of it, it was the mixture of having now easy, easy access to some nature and also to urban city at the same time um, and also not feeling overwhelmed with things like traffic or some of the the big city issues that you would maybe experience in a New York or a Chicago um, where some of these people were from. I think at first they felt like, oh, this is a quaint little town compared to this big city. And then they kind of realized like this is actually a really cool way to live life when you're not in such a condensed area and you can't know your whole town your downtown area uh so i think that was exciting for them to realize that they could experience all of raleigh and really get to know and love it before they even finish their time there mm -hmm. did they did a lot of them of course a lot of them came out for the job but did they pick raleigh because like oh i really want to get to know north carolina 
Um, so they, we don't have a lot of, the program only happens out of California and North Carolina. Okay. So that it wasn't necessarily a direct choice. Um, but I think, uh, we have some new North Carolina fans nice. who maybe didn't nice. know that they would want to do their long-term career in North Carolina. Awesome. Any other uh, thoughts about Raleigh itself? Then we're going to bring some other guests on. Um, well, I was even just going to share uh, about how the things they're doing with uh, the city market area and the warehouse district. I just think those are you, you spoke of maybe some of the changes I've seen throughout my lifetime. And I think those are those are two really cool spots. I lived right next to city market and uh, shameless plug is city market sushi. If you want the best sushi in Raleigh, guys, <laughs> please go try out city market sushi. Uh, big fan. I really should be asking these places for money. When <laughs> totally. um, okay, so we're going to bring uh, Andrew and Chris over. Like I mentioned earlier, these are two guys that um, we had on the podcast earlier this year. Um, and now they've lived here close, I mean, getting close to two years, they could probably say it. And then, uh, Paul, you've been here how long uh, have you been? A month and a half. Yeah, go ahead and sit there. Okay. Everyone's being very polite right now. <laughs> not to hit the microphone or anything bad it'll be good oh, um so sorry a month or two months uh i've lived here for just a month and i moved here on halloween oddly enough awesome oh that's a little scary um so different perspectives let's talk about some similarities and differences between raleigh and portland so uh paul has this been a culture shock for you honestly it has not been at all i think um the the people and then the, the trees that we're surrounded by remind me so much of, of Raleigh. Uh, there's a lot of hospitality here that I found. Now, granted, I've only been here for a month and a half, but one thing I do is similar to Raleigh. Every night, I just walk out to a restaurant and try to strike up a conversation with a stranger. Um, now, in Raleigh, I had friends to go to dinner with, so I didn't necessarily do that as much. But the strangers I've run into here in Portland have been very open and welcoming to having any sort of discussion with a stranger. Huh. And then, uh, Andrew, what have you come to love about Portland now? Hmm. Uh, I think I don't know. I think I guess for, it's been a year since we were recorded. It, yeah, so. at least. Yeah, I think my life looks pretty much the same here as it would have in Raleigh. So just being like involved in my community um, and with the friends that I've made here, I think that's probably my favorite thing. Is there um, something you miss about Raleigh that like, just you, oh, John? Just what? Just you? Oh, stop. Uh, <laughs> Maybe more Chick Fil A's. Uh, yeah, cookouts. definitely miss Chick Fil A. <laughs> no, I no no. I mean. Um, I think other than just the, the immediacy of being able to be close to old friends and family, um, beyond that, I mean, I'd stay in Portland forever. So awesome. Really okay. And Chris, uh, what about you? Yeah, well, I'm not in Portland. So I'm in Corvallis, sure. which I, is... Portland is... <laughs> when I think of Oregon, I'm just like, eh, it's Portland. It, it kind <laughs> of is, yeah. So... No. no there's a no, lot more. There's other stuff. I said, um, I think. Yeah. I didn't say that oh, was okay. right, right, right. Yeah. So Corvallis is... Fairly isolated. It's a, I guess it's a couple hours from Portland, um, so you can drive two places, but like there's not, say, a Best Buy in town or anything. So it's a little bit of a smaller community. Um, so for me, the biggest change has been I don't have a car out here, so that's that's very different. Um, so you have to get so, used to public transit. So I've been using public transit and stuff. I think that's definitely more valued out here by communities, and so you see that being better. Like there is public transit in Raleigh. Um, it can be a little tricky to get where you're trying to go, depending on where you're trying to go. Um, but I think, you know, it's just society is designed differently. On the East Coast, you kind of have to have a car to get around. So that's right. just part of how it works. Yeah, yeah. Good, good point. Uh, Andrew and Paul, maybe, uh, I think we talked about this maybe a little bit, but now that you have more experience, uh, what are some big similarities or differences between the downtown, you know, downtown Raleigh mm. or Durham, um, and then downtown, you know, Portland? Sure. Uh, differences, 
I think, I mean, just the size, to be perfectly honest, I like rarely ever go to downtown Portland. Um, even though I live like in Portland, I'm just like on the other side of the river. Um, I think similarities, there's a lot of good food in both places. Um, differences, when I was in downtown Raleigh a few months ago, I, I'd forgotten how small it was uh, in comparison with, um, with Portland. Um, so that's, you know, I guess that'd be a difference, but yeah, it's they're both, both great. For cool. Sure. Paul, what you got? I was just going to, I think to echo Andrew and part of it is even just not even the sheer size of downtown Portland. It's more just in Raleigh, there's a very defined, this is the end of downtown. Whereas <laughs> yeah. in Portland, it's like, it kind of just slowly becomes suburbs, but not suburbs like I'm used to in Raleigh. So it's just funny how it's just not as clearly defined. It's just continued. The, unlike Raleigh, where we had this defined downtown and people kind of came and surrounded it. It's like the downtown in Portland has slowly just come expanded outwards. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Uh, any other closing thoughts? Not, no, I think so. I think yeah, we, not, I think we got it. Um, yeah, I was going to say thanks, guys, for being on the podcast. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, I'm leaving tonight. Uh, most of us are, but then you guys are going to be coming <laughs> Yeah, and to Raleigh here in about the next week for the holidays. So it'll be good to see you again. But uh, guys, thanks for being on the 919 podcast. Sure. Thanks Thanks for having us.